You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. Before we hear the reading from Owen, I want to offer a little bit of context. The scripture this morning is about a young man named Samuel and his mentor and his boss named Eli. And it's important to know as you hear the scripture that Samuel was living in the temple, which may very well have been more like a tent or a temporary kind of structure. And he's living in the temple because of his mother, Hannah. His mother had dedicated him to the service of God. Even before he was born, she prayed for him, asking for his presence in her life, asking God to give her a son. And when Samuel arrived, she named him, I have prayed for this child. And she commissioned him to this work, to serving God. So she set in motion everything that is about to happen in the scripture. And as you listen to the story in a minute, I want you to think about really how young Samuel was to have an encounter like this with God. Some historians think Samuel was maybe 12 when he got this call. Maybe he was a little bit younger, maybe he was a little bit older, but he was, he was a kid. And also, as you listen, remember that visions from God were rare in those days. People didn't often hear the word of God, and so this was a very unlikely situation for Samuel to be in. The New Interpreter's Bible commentary says that during Samuel's time, there was religious corruption, political upheaval, and uh, social danger. So it was really not an easy time to be doing God's work and to have an experience where God was calling you to do something. And then finally, as you listen, I want you to pay attention to Eli's role in this story. It's important to have people in our lives like Eli who help us recognize God's presence and God's call and God's words for us. And also, it sets Samuel up to be that kind of person in other people's lives. He goes on to identify God's call in others and identify their gifts and talents. He sets Saul up to be the first king. He anoints David later on. And so he's really somebody who empowers others just as Eli first empowers him. With all those things on your mind now, I'd like you to take a listen as Owen reads for us our scripture passage. Today's scripture comes from the book of 1 Samuel uh, chapters 3, verses 1 through 11, and tells the story of Samuel. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. 
So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears of it tingle. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good and gracious God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. As you know, we just completed a campfire stories series in which we looked at many of the stories in the Old Testament and had, I think, a good time doing that. As we were thinking about what we wanted to do next, it occurred to me that perhaps a series on call might be interesting. In the, the Bible is full of stories of God calling ordinary people to do things, sometimes extraordinary things, sometimes ordinary things. But God calls. And as we were thinking about that, we realized, you know, these clergy here all have experienced a call and you've heard some of those calls certainly i've shared about different aspects of my life and my calling and uh the others have too and so we want to share with you our call stories so over these next few weeks these five sundays we will be sharing call stories um our stories how we felt god's call in our lives my story uh is it, it begins, I think, at the very beginning of my life. Um, I grew up at Newburgh United Methodist Church in Livonia uh, and uh, had very, a whole lot of different experiences there that I'll talk about in a minute. Um, but one of the things that it exposed me to was ministry um, beyond the local church. And so I was involved in ministry in our conference and, and at a national level as well, and I had this opportunity Um, one summer when I was 16 years old to go to an event um, with people from all youth my age from all over the world and um, I had been doing all kinds of things in my church and I had been starting to feel a call to ministry and there was a moment at this event which was called youth 91 in which I said yes You see, recently, uh, actually last week, Adrian Black and Christy White, Adrian's mom, were at Youth 23. And Christy shared a video of Adrian singing to this giant auditorium with thousands of kids. And Adrian sang. And Adrian sang beautifully, and I had tears in my eyes, big surprise, of course, for my pride in Adrian, but also because it reminded me of my call. It was in an auditorium just like that, and the preacher said, I know some of you have been feeling called to ministry, and if that's you, we want to invite you forward. Come forward, we'll pray for you, and you can make that commitment. And I was standing there with my friend Chris, who she and I had been doing all kinds of youth stuff together, and Tom, who was our leader, who had come out there with us. And they both kind of looked at me and said, aren't you going to go forward? (laughs) And I did. And then I had this moment that 
as an extrovert, I don't normally have, where I decided I needed to go and be by myself. And so I went outside and I sat under this tree and I just prayed. And this woman came up to me and she was a pastor in Colorado. And she sat down and she talked with me. And um, I just had this powerful feeling that I can describe as nothing else than the Holy Spirit stirring within me. I had to go back in because I wanted to participate in Holy Communion. And so I went back in. And that is the elevator speech that I've given for many years of my call. But really, if I'm honest with myself, that's the moment I accepted my call. My call began years before that. When I told my mom that I had felt a call and responded to that call, she said to me, you know, I'm not at all surprised. I think I knew this on some level. Because in your life, we've sought to have experiences for you that somehow we knew were leading to something. And as I look back on my life, I realize that that was the case. In some ways, they kind of dedicated me to that. And um, throughout my life, provided me with various Elis who helped me to see my gifts. At Newburgh in the 70s, when I was little, there was an associate pastor just for about a year, and she was a woman. This was very rare in those days. But as a little kid, I saw a woman as a pastor. And so as my life happened and I felt like I was heading into ministry and feeling called, I never had to question if I, as a woman, could do that, because I saw that so long ago when I was a child. And at Newburgh, there were a lot of different things that happened in my life that I know were part of what God used to stir me, to get me going, to get me feeling like maybe I could make a difference for Jesus. When I was five years old, um, our church would go down to the Cass Corridor to Cass uh, United Methodist Church, and we would uh, serve lunch maybe once a month. And my mom would take me, this five-year-old girl, and uh, she would take me with her down to what was a pretty scary place at the time, and my job was to put bananas on the plates. And so as people came through the line, I would place a banana on their plate. And then after the meal, we would go and we would sit with the guests and talk with them. And people became real to me, right? It wasn't just, oh, Cass, that's where the poor people go or the homeless people go, as we might have said back then. They were people that I came to know and that I came to pray for. There was this one guy, I may have told you this before, a lot of the story you've heard before, I'm sure. Uh, who I call the man who carried his house on his back because he had everything that he owned on his back and my mom had pointed that out to me. And every day when I was in elementary school, every night I prayed for him. Well, um, at Newburgh they had a cherub choir and a children's choir and I was part of those choirs and we also uh, sent kids to camp 
And I went to choir camp, and I grew up going there every year, and I developed some really wonderful friends, friendships that um, helped me to identify my call as I went along. And I went to some other camps, and pretty soon a leadership camp, um, and I was a liturgist at church, and I was in different classes. And you know, I've said this before, my gifts were not, I was not an athlete, I was not a musician, I was not a thespian, but all my gifts kind of pointed in this one direction. I could do this church stuff. So I did all those things. I had an experience I talk about every year when we give out Bibles, when in ninth grade, in 1990, I was a part of the North Central Jurisdiction youth trip to the Soviet Union. It was United Methodist students from the Midwest who went to the Soviet Union, and it was there that I learned the preciousness of the word and how many people had never even had a Bible. And we went to underground church services, and I was impressed by the faith that I saw there, and it left an impact on me. And all of these things were happening, and I was starting to realize that this was my life and where my life was going. And then I went to that conference, and I walked forward, and I accepted that call. But the thing that I also know now is that that wasn't the end of the call. When you feel a call, and, and I think many of you can relate to this, you kind of start to wonder and you have doubts at different times in your life, and then God provides these experiences or these people who go and remind you of your call and say, remember, God called you. And so I can remember um, being in seminary, and I was in CPE, which is called Clinical Pastoral Education, and I was a chaplain at Northwestern Hospital in Chicago, and I was every day with people who were sick and who were dying, and I started to wonder if this was really what I was called to do. But every time, I found that God gave me the words and that God was with me, and I felt renewed in the call. And there are times in my life and in my ministry where I think that was the worst sermon I've ever given, or I think, how in the world am I going to lead this church to do that? And I get overwhelmed, and I get scared, and no matter what, every time that happens, God sends somebody. God sends an Eli and says to me, wow, that sermon really impacted me. And I was like, really? <laughs> but thank you. Or you are the person we need right now, or something like that, that just affirms me and reminds me that I'm called. And the thing is, God does that for all of us. Because we're going to talk about our calls, and we're clergy, and yeah, this is what we do for a living and all of that, but the reality is that God calls each one of us, and God places Eli's in our life to help us to see that and help us to accept that call, and it might be to ministry things, and it might be to our vocation. It might be just to taking on one small action. However that is, God calls us, and God prepares us for that. God places us in times and experiences that prepare us because what I've realized in my life is that God never calls us to anything that God hasn't already equipped us to do. 
God prepares us. God uses us. We just have to keep our ears open and see how God is at work. Sometimes we don't see it. We don't recognize it until after the fact, oh yeah, God was using me. God was encouraging me. Uh, But it happens. And so these next few weeks as we explore the calls in the Bible and we explore the clergy calls in our congregation, I hope that you will consider the ways that God is working in your life through the Eli's, through the experiences, through God's own voice. Amen. You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.